Yo, 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 what's up? It's another edition of the Leo G Show. I am Leo G, and we're back. We're here to talk some Atlanta sports again tonight. And I got two of my riders with me. Y'all already know what it is. I got my boy first up, my man Derrico. What's going on with your brother? What's going on, Leo G? You just got me crunk with that fine new intro. Hey, man, that's what's up. I was just about to talk about it, man. Fine new intro, man. Theme to the Leo G Show, man. We doing big stuff, man. Shout out to Miyagi Beats for hooking us up with a new theme. I feel good, man. We got a new theme and everything, man. That sound real ATL too, man. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Miyagi Beats for hooking us up with that. And I got my other rider with me, man. None other than my man. You know what I'm saying? The, the man that, that wants all the Atlanta team. Y'all, I, I don't even have to say it. I'm just, y'all already know it already now. But the man who wants all the Atlanta team to do what they do, man, is my man, Banks. What's going on? What's up? What's up, Leo G? What's going on with you, man? Man, look here, man. I'm feeling good, man. We got the YouTube channel up, man. We got everything rolling. We've been talking Atlanta sports, man, and it's been really, really, really fun, man. The last couple of episodes, we got some great reviews, man, and um, I'm ready to roll with this thing, man. I think we're making some leeway, man, and we're going to talk some Atlanta sports tonight, and we'll try to get into a couple other things, too, that I wanted to talk to you guys about as well. So, I mean, if you hadn't noticed, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, if you look, everybody has on the same damn thing. Look, everybody has on. Look at this. Yes, we all have on. That's right, baby. It's Rich. so right. Respect. Respect, respect the, a. the A. Y'all already see it, man. It's the hometown team, the Atlanta Braves. For some, they like to call them the Cobb County Braves, but I just still call them the Atlanta Braves because that's who. <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> shout out to my man Banks and shout out to his legacy, and I'll let him get into it in just a minute about the, the Atlanta Braves. But So as we record this show tonight, and we're going to drop it. Tonight is actually opening day. So uh, Atlanta Braves uh, played and MLB opened up today for opening day on April the 1st. So we, that's why we're rocking all our Braves gear. And we'll talk about what the Braves did in just a moment. So look, Banks, I just talked about it here. Uh, but, but, but before we get into the segment, I got I to gotta, I gotta get us hyped to talk about the Atlanta Braves. I want to talk about the Atlanta Braves. I got to get us hyped. So let me get us hyped one time. Here we go. Definitely had to get us hyped to talk about those Atlanta Braves. So I'm going to kick it over here to Banks for just a moment, man, because Banks, you you have a really special connection to the Atlanta Braves, man. And I think we've talked about this before, man, but I'll, tell everybody what your connection is with the Atlanta Braves. Well, what's going on once again, Mr. Leo G? Um, my connection with the Atlanta Braves, I've been born and raised as a Braves child. I mean, it's plain further. I am the grandson of the great Walter Banks. If no one knows Walter Banks, Walter Banks is a signature and an icon for the city of Atlanta. He's been with the Atlanta Braves since the inception, 1965, I want to say. Um, he's been an usher uh, at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium since they became a team. And yes, um, I've been going to a lot. I mean a lot. Of Braves games over my lifetime, so it's in my blood. It's in my DNA. Uh, you will probably say the Braves are my number one team, but yeah, I got that's a, that's another conversation um, about that. <laughs> but um, I'm I'm I have real deep ties with this team, and absolutely, yes, 
Yes. Absolutely. None, none other than the legendary Walter Banks. If you've been to a Braves game, chances are you've probably seen Banks' uh, grandfather, Mr. Walter Banks, man. He's – what can I say, man? He's a very special guy, very special guy to the city of – very special man to the city of Atlanta, very special man to the Atlanta Braves. And if you if you meet him, you'll never forget him, man. He's a very special guy. So, look, we're going to talk a little bit about the Atlanta Braves since it's opening day. We haven't got a chance, guys, since I had you all to talk about the Braves. It's opening day – Went up to Philly today. Unfortunately, we didn't get the we, we didn't get the win today, guys. We we lost to Philly in extra innings. Um, we just talked a little bit about this off air with this new extra inning rule. Um, I get I get to you in just a second, Banks. So you can kind of explain this a little bit, though, man. I think the final score was three to two. Braves were down two nothing uh, for the most part of this game, and then all of a sudden, uh, the Panda uh, Pablo Sandoval, if I'm not mistaken. He hit a uh, two-shot home run to tie this thing up. We went in the extra innings uh, to the 10th inning, as a matter of fact, and then all of a sudden the Phillies, they rally, get an RBI, and bring a run in and end the game. So, like I said, it's a long season with baseball. It's literally 1,655 games to the end of the baseball season, and we're just in game number one. Uh, Banks, so we didn't get to talk uh, about our expectations. Our expectations, yes, I said that, fellas with the Atlanta Braves this year. But the first game is is underway. Let's talk about how excited you are, Banks, and, and, and how do you feel after what you saw today? Woo! It was opening day, Leo G. Opening day, I'm always excited for. Um, yes, it's just the first game. Uh, if you recall, I believe the Braves are, for the past, I want to say, 20-plus years, I think the Braves are like 12 and 16 on opening day on the road, if I'm not mistaken, um, it's no big deal. We lost the first game. You move on to the next. Max Free played five and a half innings, and he had seven strikeouts with two earned runs, which was not a bad day to office. Just didn't get the run support to, like you said, to the big panda came in and slapped one out to the second level. Uh, the bullpen looked serviceable um, until that. You know, I think it's an awful rule with the um, extra innings where you have a man automatically on second base. And Philadelphia, they they ate on it, and they beat us. So, you know, whatever. You know, it's just one game. We still want to go talk about my expectations for this team. We are World Series or bust. And, yes, I said World Series. We're going to the World Series. We're going to beat the Dodgers or whoever gets in our way. <laughs> this team is ready to take the next step. And I feel like they got the pitching, they got the bats, they got the bullpen to do it. Okay, 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 okay. I feel you on that. Derrico, man, opening day, Atlanta Braves, man. How did you feel about what you saw today with the Atlanta Braves, man? Like I said, it's still early, first game of the season. It's always exciting, though, for the first game of the season, man. It was windy up there, cold up in Philly. Like I said, we didn't get the result. Like Banks just said, we don't really fare well on opening day. But how did you feel about it? Like like Banks said, it's like it's the first game, so – you know, it was just good to be back with baseball on the opening day. So I was actually kind of peeking at it while I was still working. So I didn't get a chance to really watch it like I wanted to, but I did play some of it back when I got off. And like you said, I I, I, I believe we're a good team like we were last year. I think the problem um, that crept up with us last year maybe crept up on us again, which is situational game. Like in the overtime, well, not the overtime, in the extra innings, 
when they put that little man on second base. You know that it, 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 it reminded me and when I'm at volleyball, some of our volleyball seasons, they'll spot the team's four points um before the match even starts. So I'm like, guys, these are like middle schoolers, so this is a big league functioning team, but you're gonna spot a team two bases in OT or in extra innings. So I just thought it was crazy. Yeah, what's up? Well, let me tell you, um, Derrico, about that. Um, of course, you know, that was, it was COVID-driven. Um, they want these guys to play as fast as possible. They want these guys off the field, and they don't want games going into the 13th and 14th inning, you know, because, again, this is a – they still got to be precautious about, you know, safety, you know, with this, this pandemic. Um and I, like I said, rightfully so. You know, like I said, the even the the, the double header rules, you you don't play nine innings, you play seven. So I, I commend them for that to try to get these guys safe, keep them, you know, just keep everything in perspective that we are still in a pandemic. This is just entertainment, you know, and it's it's going to get better. I mean, I think a lot of people don't like change, you know. When I first saw it last season, I didn't like it, but you know, I adapted to it. So. Leo, before I move on, um, what is your expectation for the Braves, honestly? <laughs> Man, my expectations for the Braves are for them to do very, very well. Look, I mean, we saw what they did last year. I mean, yeah, we were in a pandemic, and, and you know, there were a lot of different things that happened. First and foremost, I will say this much, just, you know, with watching the little bit of baseball and the little bit of leeway into it that I have been, we know that the Dodgers are probably – they're looked at as probably the best team in baseball, right? All right, we took them all the way to the NLCS. We actually went up on them, but we just couldn't close the deal. So if you look at the Dodgers as being the benchmark in the, in the National League, I think, uh, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, you look at a team like San Diego, who's also another team that's, that's high-powered and, and got a lot of high, high-priced players on that roster. You know, then you look at the Braves, they should be right there in the conversation with those top two teams in the NL. So you got the Dodgers, you got the San Diego, uh, San Diego Padres, and then you got the Braves. I expect the Braves to win the East, for real. Like, every year I expect the Braves to win the East. And this year is legit. I mean, we we went out, we re-signed Marcelo Zuna. Um, the bullpen looks good, like Banks, you alluded to. The starting pitcher should be able to carry us through. Max Free today came out, and he pitched a great game, Right. Just couldn't get enough going offensively. But we got some young guys, man. I mean, you still talk about guys like Ozzy Albies and, of course, Ronald Acuna Jr. I think this team is going to be up to the task to get us back to the NLCS and to compete against the Dodgers again because, in my opinion, the Dodgers are one of the best teams in the National League and take us right there. So, Banks said he already called it. Hey, we, we got to go to the World Series. He said World Series or well, well, don't forget about Christian Pache. I mean, this man came from nowhere last season in the postseason, and he did a hell of a good job this today's game. So he's the new center fender. If y'all if you think you guys heard, um, Enciarte is coming off the bench. Um, Pache won the job, so good for him. You know, he came in, he came in and 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 made a name for himself overnight. You know, this man came in and said that I'm going to go for minors to postseason, to starter. And that's exactly what he did. What's up, Derrico? Let me ask you a question, Banks. Do you think because of that rule that they have about the amount of time that you play that he didn't play more than he probably should have last year? 
And you can elaborate on that rule that I didn't mention. Well, if you're talking about the rule about the the, the man on second, is that what you that's what you're talking about? No, I thought there was some type of rule where a player, if he plays so many innings or time, that they won't. I guess it it it'll be money situation where they have to pay them or something like that. No, I don't think that had nothing to do with it. I think that was more of they just being loyal to NCRT. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, come on now. NCRT, he's, I'm not going to trash mouth the man. The man did, you know, he came in, he did okay, you know, because we didn't have an outfielder at the time when we got him. You know, he was, and when we picked him up, we were bare minimum. We were butt naked out of the outfield. So I commend him for what he did at the time. Now we got Christian Parche and we got this other guy, and I think his name is Drew Waters coming up. He's another outfielder. I mean, he's probably if not better than Parche, probably the same. So we we were young. Let's not forget that. Braves are a young right. team. That's they're true. just they're hitting their stride maybe a year or two early. But at the same time, I mean, you can't knock the fact that they're good. They're good, you know, and the pitching is coming around even faster. So, I don't know, yeah, man. I still, I, worry, I, st- I, still, I still worry about that damn number 77, man. I still worry about that damn number 77, man. That, that, that dude, um, he's still on the squad. He's still I on the squad. I know you ain't talking about. Is that Luke Jackson? I damn sure am talking about Luke Jackson. He still is oh, on the squad, gosh. man. That dude make me Luke nervous Jackson, as hell. Let me, let me let me say something about him, man. Um. He's got some kind of uh, some uh, 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 a vanilla folder of someone's <laughs> wife or something. Um, I don't know what it is, man. This man is still in the roster, and he's really mucking up everything. He hasn't played today, so that was a good thing. So I, I think they know. They know, guys. Um, that's why he was scratched off the roster during the postseason last year. They know he's not there yet. Mentally, physically, he's not there yet. Um, and that's another reason why also, Leo, that we probably fell short to the Dodgers, man. We just didn't have the pitcher, man. Um, the Dodgers was night and day to compare to ours. We was trotting out three guys every day, hopefully that we can – our bats could get us through, and it didn't, it didn't translate. So that's why I feel better about this year. We got these new guys that came in. We got – like you said, we got Azuna back. Azuna is a swag in himself. You know, he came in and he brought in the stirring the pot and doing the selfie and everything. And that, it, it rejuvenated the whole team, not only the team, but the fan base. You know, it, Absolutely. it was a whole Absolutely. shot in the arm, you know. So it was fun. Like I said, like you said, Banks, man, we're, 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 I said, I put this. Above the curve, I should say. We we we're on track to 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 do good things. I think we're ahead of schedule. That's what I was trying to say. We're ahead of schedule of trying to, to get to where we need to get. And and from a money standpoint, man, we're not paying guys like you know teams like the Dodgers, like I just said earlier, and the Yankees and, and San Diego. Man, we're we're right where we need to be. I think Philly and the Mets are gonna give us you know a little bit of a hard time here in the East, but I think we should have not a pro, uh, no problem with um with winning the East. Um, Possibly the Mets will, will will fight for a wild card. I don't. I you know Philly is that 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 oddball team, but but we'll see how this all works out. Like I, I said, we got one thousand. 
Go ahead. Uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but don't forget about the Marlins and the Nationals. Don't sell them short. Them guys actually, you know, the Mar- the Nationals had a lot of injuries last year. They were just two years removed from a World Series championship. Uh, the Marlins, we, don't forget, we played them in the divisional rounds in the playoffs. So they are a playoff team. So they, they're they young just like we are. They just don't have the 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 – I guess the bats. I, I don't really follow the Marlins that well, but they 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 really turned that curve and they really surprised me last year. Okay, that's what's up, man. Atlanta Braves. I'm gonna get a, one more time. One more time for the Atlanta Braves, man. We gotta, you know. One more time for the Atlanta Braves, man. You know what I'm saying? We're we going to get it for real, man. But like I said, we got 1,654 more games to go <laughs> with with the baseball season, man. I love baseball, guys. I really, really do, man. It's 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 one of those sports, man. It's just, you know, they call it America's pastime, man. For me, it's hard to watch on TV, man. But actually, going to a game, man, God, it's, a, it's an experience. It it's really is, man. Yeah, it's a different experience. It's, it's a different experience, man. So I love the Braves. Of course, that's the first team here in this city that brought this city a championship, man. Shout out Atlanta Braves, 1995 World Series. What's up? I got a trivia question that y'all don't probably understand where I got it from, but it's just a change up a little bit. Y'all talked about Sandoval earlier. You call him the Panda. This dude has about five names. Can you tell me what his whole name is? Hell no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even gonna lie. You're gonna have to go ahead and pull up on your Google account, sir. Yeah, go ahead and tell us. Go ahead and tell us. It's, 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 shout out to Derrico with the trivia tonight. Pablo Sandoval, give us his whole name. Pablo Amilo Juan Pedro. Sandoval Jr. That's his name. You should have threw Panda, Panda, Kung Fu Panda in that too. Well, <laughs> I, I was going to ask you that, you know, because it's so controversial because I know it sounded like you was trying to hide from that. So that's what I was going to ask you. What do you think about that nickname? Shit, I don't well, know, man. He built, he damn sure built like a Panda, ain't he? <laughs> the man is from Venezuela, okay? He's from Venezuela. Them guys down in Venezuela, that's what they do. They play baseball. Now, his name, I can't tell you. I mean, but all I know is he came through with a two-run jack. What was uh, the count was zero, uh, 0 and 2, by the way. And he jacked the at that ball. Um, yeah, that name, yeah. The, and I mean, I mean, let's not forget, you know what I'm saying? He came from, you know, Frisco, where he was very instrumental in them. I think they won a World Series when he was out there in San Francisco with the Giants. So shout out to uh, Pablo Sandoval. Hopefully he can do this all season long. We're looking for big things from him coming in, pitch hitting or whatever. So look, we're going to move right along. We're going to keep it moving with the Leo G show tonight. We got a couple other things we want to talk about, man. I got a, a topic that I feel like is, I don't know, it's somewhat controversial, man, but it's it's come up several times, man. And we talked about this off air. So we want to move into this show, we want to talk about something that I wanted to get on air and I, I haven't talked about this yet, but 
there was an article published in Forbes magazine back in January of 2020, um, last year. I'm in the time warp, man, so I'd be forgetting what year it is. But <laughs> it was an article in Forbes magazine published 2020. It was called The Decline of Football. The Decline of, the decline of Football is Real and It's Accelerating. That was the name of the article uh, published in Forbes. Basically, they're talking about American football, obviously, not talking about uh, world football, talking about American football and its decline. And this conversation comes up quite a bit, especially now, because there is a lot of. There have been a lot of things surrounding American football, right? Uh, As of recently here with over the last five to 10 years, we've learned a lot about different things. you know, we talked about concussions. We talked about CTE and, and what happens with players uh, going through uh, concussions and, and and how damaging that can be, especially at the professional level. But we got to remember that a lot of these people play this sport, you know what I'm saying, at a very, very young age. So I wanted to kind of get you guys' take on, on what's going on. I don't know if you guys read the article in this entirety, but just to give you, you know, some of the footnotes, is we're talking about basically the decline in youth numbers in American football. And are we actually now seeing like the eventual death of American football as we know it? I mean, because we all know that with any sport, you have to see um, levels. You have to see it start at some level and you have to see it progress in order to get to a professional level to see it, you know, at a, at a, the product that it is, the product that we see as the NFL. You can't just have guys come in and not, you know, play at a at certain levels to get there. So we want to talk about this a little bit tonight. And then also I want to kind of touch on, okay, if, if we are watching a real decline in American football, where do we go? So I'm going to start out with you, Derrico, a little bit, man. I don't know if you was able to look at, I mean, read the article list in, in, in its entirety, but how do you feel about the decline of, of football, American football in this country? It, it kind of struck me as surprising that it would say it's declining instead of more so um, precaution from parents as far as having their kids play such a violent sport just based on some of the things that you were mentioning as far as CTE is concerned, um, the concussions um, and the long-term effects of it. Um, yeah, it's just, it's t- to me... I just hope that's not the case, that that is happening. I hope it's just parents taking more precautions or having more options as far as less violent sports. All right. So, I mean, yeah, I totally understand. So I started playing American football at the age of six. I mean, that's, you know, we're talking, you know, I don't want to age myself, but we're talking a long, long time ago. I think I first started playing American football back in 1986, 1987. So, yeah, I'm pretty old. Um, and that was a normal thing. You know, you, you got kids in the game early because you felt like, hey, you know, you, the earlier you get them into the, to the sport, you know, the better off they'll be. But now, like you just said, Derek, oh, man, there's a little, you know, uh, parents are a little leery about putting their kids into such a high contact impact sport. So, you know, is this is something that we just we're, we're standing back and kind of taking a look at? Or are we just saying, you know what? No, I'm not going to put my kids in this. And there have been several NFL players that have actually said that they're not putting their kids in the sport as well, like because of just everything they know about it and them playing. And there's another aspect to this as well, where that the NFL has not been forthcoming with some of the information that they knew early on about concussions of CTE. So I'm going to pass this over to Banks. Banks, how do you feel about just 
the decline or the perceived decline in American football right now? What decline? I mean, and what I took from it is, like you said, Derrico, maybe it is a precaution from parents and their kids in the, you know, for the future of the of the sport. But as of now, there is no decline. There is no decline of this sport. I don't see it coming. I'm going to just be – football is king in this country. It starts from high school. Well, it may start from, from Pop Warner, but from high school on up, it's king. I mean, even the further south you go, the, the better it is. You know, you talk about uh, Friday night lights. You get to Saturdays for college and you get to Sundays for pros. It's not dying, okay? It's not going to die. And in my opinion, it would not die. It's a sport where I feel like this country thrives for. And that's just my opinion. You know, I, I don't... When I read the article, I, I see what it was coming from, but it's, it's, I think it's, it's like a knee-jerk reaction in a sense to what they perceive in the next 5, 15, 25 years. I mean... Right now, it's not going anywhere. Okay, look, so Derrico, I'm gonna pass it to you. Just give me one second here. Look, um, we live in the South. We live in the South. We live in Georgia, and American football is big here in the South. I mean, you gotta think about it. Georgia, Florida, Texas, Louisiana. These are some of the biggest football, American football producing states in the country. I mean, so here in this region the noise of the decline of American football is almost a mute point because we don't hear it because here it's, it is, it is big. It is big. It is huge. We talking about, you know, we live in the Metro Atlanta area, but you know, we can go 45 minutes, an hour outside of the Metro Atlanta area and small towns shut down on Friday nights because this is the main event. It's, it's, it's Friday night. It's high school football. And Derrico, you grew up in, in, in Cairo, Georgia, where, you know, small town, you knew it. You saw it firsthand. Like, this is a big deal, man. So explain to people if they're not familiar with the South and how we treat football here, man. Like, tell them that experience. I mean, like you said, on Friday night, the whole town just shuts down because the the local football team is playing. Um, I'm going to go back to when I was playing which was um, a couple moons ago. Um, I won't say how long ago, but you'll be smart enough to know when I say this. They were, they were wearing leather helmets. Hey, <laughs> like we won the state championship back in 1990. We went 16-0, or 15-0, my bad. We went 15-0. When we drove up to Worth County to play a team that had a D1 running back, they made us travel because I don't know why we was undefeated. They had, we had already beat them early in the season. So, you know, we was already hot. So when we get there to the stadium, you know, we get there like an hour and a half, two hours before the game starts. Half the town was already at the stadium waiting in line to get in. So that's just how big football is in the South where the whole team will just the whole county town, everybody just travel even the surrounding communities because there's only two teams left. So that means everybody in the other communities are going to travel up there to do the the same thing that we're doing. So let me say this much, man. So like 
here in the South, and I'm gonna kick this over here to banks. Like we know how big this is in the South, right? Um, it, it's something that is just like you said, it's in our blood. Growing up here in the South, man, at banks, you grew up here in the Metro Atlanta area. Uh, you actually played in the band at one of the most prominent high schools in 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 the Atlanta area. Like, can you man. can you? Yeah, man, he did. Hey, yeah, yeah, man, he been man played in the band. What's wrong with that? <laughs> man, so listen, we're not even gonna talk about that's a whole nother, that's a whole another conversation. Look, look, we, we I'm I'm kicking this off. So, the experience of Friday Night Lights, Banks, like it's it's very like it's vital here, right? It's very a very very vital part of the community and the whole structure, man. Here in the South, when you talk about like you know the high high schools, I mean, it's like you said, you, you know, you got bands, you got everything, man. It's it's the pageantry is almost just as as hype as you know when you move into Saturdays, like you just said, talking about college football, and you get a lot of kids, like you said, by you playing in the band, they get opportunities off of you know Friday night lights to do certain things. So, like, just how much of an impact to the community is 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 Friday night football, man? The people actually look forward to Friday night lights. You know, it is also depending you know demographics what school you went to you know if you went down you know somewhere like where Cairo's from down in um syrup maker world um they <laughs> they they took their band I mean it's not band their football team serious you know if you had a a high school that didn't do that well in football then yeah they they put more emphasis in band but I'm going to take a, a particular school in, for example, that I know of, um, Lowndes County, um, down in Valdosta. They have a radio station that treats their team like a professional team. They have a big double-sided stadium. They have uh, season tickets for their high school. And when Valdosta plays Lowndes County, with the, both schools in the same county, the whole county shuts down down like i'm talking about if your house catch fire no one's gonna put it out so it it, it makes a big deal of where you're from i mean I, I i can't say the same for someone that's and and no disrespect to certain schools that don't do that well in football i mean i think people can live or die without it you know if they don't have a good football team it's whatever but some people really look forward to fridays on friday night they look for next friday you know? and that's what's up so look i didn't want to talk i just want to talk and touch a little bit about the culture of, of football here in the south because i want to kind of move on to another uh, uh aspect of this but Derrico, you had something to add yeah i just want to um say that when he brought up Vadasa, the crazy thing about it is Vadasa state university is a d2 university that plays in Vadasa high football stadium that's how big it is. Wow, that's crazy, man. It's you know, it's it's big here. It's it's, it's really really big. So look, I want to move on to something else here. I want to talk about this because obviously I want to get you guys take on this here. If if we are, if this is in fact a decline, because like I said, we it's hard for us to see it here in the South. If this is in fact a decline. Uh, where where are we going with this? And I know like a lot of numbers would say 
you know, we got other kids playing other sports, you know, possibly basketball. Uh, one of the biggest sports that I think that's, that's on the rise and is growing is, is soccer here in the U.S. So if, if American football is actually dying, if, if parents are not, because a lot, I've, I've had a lot of people tell me that it is, and I don't know how you guys feel about this. I want to get your quick takes on it. That it's kind of irresponsible with all that we know about American football to put kids into this sport. I'm gonna go to you, Derek Cole, first. Is is this is it is it irresponsible to put kids in this sport with all that we know about American football, or is this just something that I mean, all there's a risk with all sports. Right. Are we just jumping the gun? Is it like how do you feel about that? I think it's more of a targeting of football because it's so popular. Um based on the things that I've read, soccer has more concussions than football. So if you're going to make an effort to say that it's because of concussions, then why are you not saying the same thing about soccer? Because soccer doesn't have helmets, shoulder pads, and all this other good stuff. And and it doesn't look like football, if you know what I'm talking about. So that's why. Banks, you want to, you want to add something to that, man? Is it, is it, is it, I think what it is, you know, just to uh, ride on um, Derrick Cole's coattail, soccer is not really a contact, you know, sport. I mean, yes, you can get kicked in the face, but when it comes down to like an offensive lineman or defense alignment on line of scrimmage, they crash into each other every single play. So, yeah, I see the difference. But, you know, you got hockey, you got soccer. I mean, hell, even lacrosse. I mean, they, they hit each other. So, I mean, it, you can't escape unless you're going to play golf. I mean, that's the only way you're going to not have contact. I mean, it's, it is what it is in sports. You know, I, I, I look at it like it's not irresponsible as a parent to put your child in a sport that is pretty much what it's designed to be. It's a contact sport. You know, would you take your child out of wrestling? I mean, they wrestling. They, their contact, you can do anything I, to hurt, hurt each other. Look what they doing. I mean, they, they, they putting each strength versus strength. Yeah. I mean, you know, I play, you know, like I said, I, I played football since the age of six. Let me tell you something, man. If it wasn't for playing American football, like I wouldn't have learned a lot of different concepts in life. I mean, American football is one of the ultimate team sports, man. You have to learn how to be a team player in that sport. And I tell you, even to now, you know what I'm saying, in my everyday life, man, take life lessons that I learned from playing that sport for, you know, uh, all the way from the age of six up into college. So, like, I mean, I I love it. I mean, yes, is it a violent sport? Yes. Are there some dangers with the sport? Absolutely. But I I feel like it's it's a place here, and I feel like it's – it's still a place for this particular sport, you know, and I, I feel like, you know, all sports, there are a place for them. And, and we need to make sure that we give kids an opportunity to 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 jump into everything. Derek, we, we're going to get you, man, and then we're going to kind of move on. So let me ask you this, um, Leo. I, I, I see you. You're, you're saying it like this. American football. Because other countries perceive football as football but not really so why the distinction of saying american football instead of foot 
I mean, uh, Banks, I'll get to you in just a second. I mean, I, I think I have to because, of, you know, our listeners and just the, the, the way in the climate that we live in, man, I think I have to make the distinction, right? I mean, you talk about, I mean, some people like literally talk about football and being in this proper form and we call it soccer, you know, it's football. So I kind of make the distinction, you know, as being a, a soccer fan, I kind of make the distinction between the two, American football and, and, and soccer. But you have a lot of international people. Uh, well, I say a lot of international fans that only know football by its proper name, and that's football. So I have to kind of make the distinction between American football and what we know as international football and what we call soccer. Uh, but Banks, go ahead. Do you feel like since we're the only country that calls football soccer, that maybe we're wrong? You know, we're calling football <laughs> And we don't even use no parts of our foot unless we're kicking a field goal or punting. So, you know so, what, man? It's funny. We should, you know, I'm going to have to come back at a later date, man, and maybe do a history lesson on this, man, because I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, that the English actually came up with the term soccer. I'm, you know, don't don't hold me to that. I have to go back and we have to do a history lesson on how that actually all came about. But like I said, man, because we do talk about, you know, act, you know, soccer and we do talk about American football on this podcast. I just kind of make the distinction between the two. Um, yeah. The, the way the American football, uh, American football is actually a kind of a cross between soccer. And then you can actually look at the sport of rugby. So it's almost like a hybrid of the two. So like the naming of the, all the sports and how they came about, man, maybe that's a, a good topic for the next podcast, man. We can kind of go and dive into that. Uh, we've dived into a lot of this article, man, and we've we've actually gone past the mark. But we want to come back to this, man, because there's something that I really wanted to pick you guys' brain about between, you know, like you said, that stay between American football and actually international football, and where do we where do we stand? And is one sport contingent on the other? Are we literally like because there are a lot of people that feel like the boom of international football in the United States cannot compete with American football. And because there is a decline in American football, the next sport to blow is international football. It's soccer. So that's something else we'll talk about at a later date because I want to move on to actually talk about some real American football, some NFL stuff here. And uh, so we'll, we'll go right into that. So now, look, draft. Coming up here in less than a month, okay, April 29th, wait. Can't wait. We, we, we're about to head into it, guys. So, look, man, the draft is coming up. The, the, on the last episode, we talked about potential quarterback candidates for the Atlanta Falcons, right? We talked about who we felt or who we, we pitched guys who we felt would be good for this for this franchise. Obviously, I pitched a guy that you guys were like, man, what are you on? But, you know, and I pitched it because, you know what? In the, in the national media, and, you know, here in Atlanta, we love the national media, right? We love the national sports media and how they perceive and talk about this city. But I had to drop um, and talk about Mac Jones a little bit, man, because it's, that's a name that has he, – he has obviously come up in this conversation of being in the top tier of, of quarterbacks, and he could possibly go as, far, as high as number three right now. But anyway, I digress. We want to talk about quarterbacks today. We want to talk about – Pro days, and I want to get uh, pick you guys' brains about if the, if the Falcons don't go um, quarterback at the number four spot, where do we go? And also, I want to talk to you guys about who has the most pressure uh, because obviously you are top five. You you picking top five for a reason because you suck. So <laughs> who has the most? Who has the most pressure of getting 
their pick right at number five. So look, we're gonna talk about pro days for a little bit and talk about the Atlanta Falcons specifically. So we're not talking about quarterbacks, fellas. We're on the clock. It's April 29th. It's Banks' birthday. He just downed a bunch of Duce. Um, we're on the clock. <laughs> we're on the clock. Um, had some pro days. Kyle Pitts is a name that keeps coming up in correlation with Atlanta. And it's funny because I get into that in just a minute. Uh, Jamar Chase, another oh, it's a wide receiver. His name has come up when you talk about Atlanta. Um, another name, Patrick Sertan, it's a cornerback uh, out of Alabama. Alabama is just, damn, they got a lot of talent over there. We already knew that. So, Banks, I'm going to kick it over to you first here, man. So, we, we're on the clock here at num- the number four spot. Quarterback is not an option anymore. Um, trading down is not an option. Nobody, nobody picked up the phone and wanted to trade down. And quarterback is no longer an option because the guys that we thought we were going to get are no longer there. Where do we go with this pick, and how comfortable do you feel with where we go? If I'm the GM and there's no quarterback available for me and I cannot trade down, I'm going Pene Sewell, offensive lineman. Reason why I say this is because, listen, you build a team from the inside out, offensive line, defensive line, and work your way out. I'm tired of getting all these players, these 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 skill positions, receivers, cornerbacks, but yet our, our line of scrimmage is soft as tissue paper. So to win football games, it's determined at the line of scrimmage. Do you guys agree? I mean, am I man, first, in the air? I mean, first I mean, of I'm all, first hold on, wait, wait. First of all, what did that what did that desk do to you? You beating uh, out okay. you beating up on that desk. Because I mean I've been I've been preaching I've been preaching hey. this for years. I'm talking about ever since Dan Reed's been here. You win at the line of scrimmage. I don't care who's the quarterback. I don't care who's your running back. It don't matter if you can't sack and you can't get to the quarterback. End of story. Der- so you okay, go Derek. So so you Derek go bully, you you? bully us into agreeing with you is what you're saying. <laughs> well, no, I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm not going to bully into you to agree with me. <laughs> I'm just saying that if it was me, I'm building my team from the inside out. Yeah, I'm I mean, not going. I'm not going receiver. I'm not going tight end. Because it don't matter if my quarterback is on his butt. So, if I can segue, I'm going to go with the philosophy of our new GM. If we can't get a quarterback, well, I won't say can't get a quarterback, if we don't take the quarterback that we feel like is the best quarterback for our team and we cannot trade down, you kind of box me in when you said that. So, I want to just put a pin, pin right there, uh, Brother Leo. The only option is at that point is best player available. And the best player available is more than likely going to be a tight end named Kyle Pitts. Period. You're talking about the best player available. Not saying that that's who I would want at number four, but if you're going (laughs) with the philosophy of being BPA, then you're taking that fofo from Florida and let him run through the defense. Can I mean, because I, 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 hold on, Banks, I'm going to get to you. Obviously, you know, like you said, Derrico, the philosophy of the I new GM is yes, best player available. And I think that for the most part, you know, yeah, with the draft and, and going into the draft, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. It is. We can, we can obviously, we obviously know that, man. We obviously know that 
you don't want to show your hand. It's almost like playing poker, right? You want to keep a straight face. You want to look at these guys and you want to put out a lot of information. You don't want these guys to read you and know where you're going to go because it's, you know, you want your guy to still be there. But obviously, man, Kyle Pitts is a very intriguing uh, uh, prospect. And Banks, I'm going to get to you in just a second. And I want to talk about this for you uh, for just a moment. This guy is 6'5", 245 pounds and running a 4'4", 40. This guy is, you know, I watched him play here in Florida. Obviously, yeah, we have a tight end with, with Hayden Hurst. We got a bunch of receivers, but at the same time, it's like you said, man, like the Falcons, I can't remember the last time they've drafted a generational talent. And this guy has the potential of being like one of the best tight ends, you know, of this of this class and possibly of the next decade. So, yes, if there is no, you know, our quarterback prospect is not there. If we decide not to go quarterback, man, I think this guy, obviously, you you gotta you you have to sit there and and say you know what man we gotta take him and then here's the thing if you got Matt Ryan here as another two years why not give him every weapon to have at his disposal right if Matt Ryan is gonna be the quarterback here for the next possible two years we know he's gonna be the starting quarterback here in 2021 why not give him give him every weapon at his disposal to try to to try to do some things okay Banks I know you itching and dying to get into this so go ahead I'm I'm, I'm kicking it to you. How many generational talents we gonna have in the past five years? How many? Every year is always a guy that's generational talent. I mean, I thought a generational talent meant that you don't see him but once in your lifetime, right? Is that what uh, generational talent means? No, generational. Generational. Well, generational meaning that in my generations, in my lifetime, that I don't see another tight end like this ever again. That's what generational years. talent means. 10 to 20 are you years. sure? Are you I sure? I mean, 20, 20, 30 years, man. I mean, I mean how I mean, many times are we going to toss this word out? Generational talent, generational talent, generational okay, talent. Okay, so. Okay, Hold okay, on. okay. Wait a second. Wait a second. So, okay, we get this, this tight end, and you say he's BPA. Since when has a coach ever told you in his press conference, this is exactly what I'm going to do? What's best for? player available or what's best for the team they're not gonna he's not gonna tell you oh yes we're gonna draft justin fields no he's not gonna do that his first first day on the job he's gonna tell you what you want to hear which is yes we're gonna go bpa and all behind his mind he's like no i'm gonna get this he's right there i'm getting him Cause you, I mean, let's just be real. Cause the best player available is Zach Wilson at four. Are you taking Zach Wilson? With that I mean, four pick? that's that's that's. So, yeah. like I said, we we've already t- hold up. So we've already discussed the fact that w- what we're talking about right now is that the quarterback that you want that's on your draft board that you wanted to get if they're not there. Where do you go at the number four pick? Okay, so and I'm telling if, you, and I'm and I'm saying, I'm just saying, you said BPA. At, if there's no quarterbacks available, best player you available. You can't trade exactly. down. If the best player available is someone like a Pina Sewell, what's so intriguing about him? What, what what I'm saying is, it may not be your best player available, but what if it's the Falcons' best player available? If it's on hit, if it's on, what I'm saying is, I'm 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 just saying them as an example. I'm not saying that that's who I'm just clamoring for. I'm just saying that could be the Falcons. 
It could be. I mean, uh, okay, 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 okay. So, so let's so let's be realistic, guys. Everybody's board is different, right? Right. There's 32 teams in the NFL, and everybody's board is different. And we're just right now, Banks. We're just playing. You know, where could we go? Now, look. Right. You got you got Sewell, you got Patrick Satan, you got Michael Parsons, you got Jamar Chase. There are a lot of guys. It's guys that right now that are not even being talked about right in the national media, or there's not even on in somebody's draft board in the top ten that somebody could cover. We've seen this before. I think a couple of we. I go back to a couple of drafts ago. There was we picked. I want. I can't remember the picks. So I'm not even going to say it. But I do remember because Banks for the last I want to say five to six drafts we have been together some way somehow right we've been either together in person or we've been on on a on a call or whatever. There was a guy that the Falcons drafted by the name of Keanu Neal that nobody was expecting. He wasn't on the mock draft board, none of that. You know what I'm saying? So we like I said at this point we're just speculating like what could happen, what could be at this number four pick. And, you know, we don't know. We're, we're, we're simply citing the fact that Kyle Pitts is that dude. Like, and I'm not, no, no disrespect to Penesa well, because, like, the Falcons could go him too. But, you know what I'm saying? You, you, we talk about best player available. We're just giving you what best player available could be. Uh, Derek, I'm going to kick it to you, man. How do you, so how do you feel about Penesa well, man? How do you feel about who Banks is pushing? I mean, Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it the dude that been sitting out for a year because he didn't play? How many players have done no, that? No, 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 no. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I mean, okay, yeah. So what? Okay, I mean, okay, okay. All right, all right. Now, I didn't know about this dude until everybody started talking about this this draft. Why is that? You talking about tissue paper? You talking about you talking about tissue paper? Tackle. But you talking about tissue paper? <laughs> tissue paper. <laughs> that dude is next tissue paper. Because Based on what? he's flabby, number one. I haven't seen him do no camp <laughs> no pancake blocks. Like when you down the field, you supposed to be mauling people. But you want to pick you him at number four. You want you, you, you want a, you want another Jake him. Matthews. You want another Jake Matthews on the team. You obviously have seen. Hey, but, well, I mean, Wilson, this, this kid is like nineteen. Though. I think he's nineteen, about to be twenty years old. He's he's a young kid. He has a lot of upside. I think that's the the thing we're looking at with, and I think with him is a lot of people are seeing his upside and his potential. I think that's what we're looking at with him. So, and that's that's what they're basing it off of. But but Banks, I guess obviously you scouted this guy, so you know you feel like this dude is is going to be a, a decade player somewhere on the offensive line. I'm looking at him and I look at the guys we got already, and I'm already saying he's better than all the ones we got on our roster. Now, let's not forget so let me, that Alex Mack is gone. Yeah. So, let me ask you this. So, here's the thing. If you pick best player available, guys, and I'm going to kick this to Derrico first and give me just, you know, how important is it to have an immediate impact with this pick at number four? Because either way, so and and I guess I could give you this question right here, Derrico. Mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts, Panessa Well, who makes the biggest impact immediately at number four if you pick them? I mean, you can't talk about a lineman and a skill player and not say that the skill player is going to make an immediate more immediate impact on your team because no one is going to really 
look at the linemen and say, oh, well, he did this, he did that. No, as long as Matt Ryan doesn't get sacked because of that lineman, then that's the only time that you're going to hear the lineman's name. But if you got Kyle Pitts running free through the secondary and getting in the end zone, then, yeah, that tight end that runs that fo-fo, and I'm saying that like I want to say it, that fo-fo, then, yes, he's going to be the one that's going to make the more immediate impact. Okay. So, Banks, I'm going to kick it to you, man. You know, Panesa Well, you're you're telling me that this is the guy that we need to go with at number four if the quarterback situation is a bust. Like, how do you feel about him? Is he going to come in and make an immediate? Because number one, I want you to tell me where this, where if we draft him at number four, obviously we're going to start him. Where does he start? And what kind of impact does he have? First of all, he's going to start left tackle. You're going to move Matthews on the inside. He's going to make an immediate impact. Listen, I'm all about drafting for need. And Falcons need a lot. They don't need a tight end. They have Hayden Hurst. Already, where does he fit in? If you if you if you somehow draft Pitts, you just gonna run out with three tight ends out there and just hope for the best. I mean, listen, I'm not doubting the man is good. He probably is, but you drafting for what? I mean, we need offensive linemen. Yeah, I mean, I mean we 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 said we said be, put like this, we said best player available. Right. So if you take okay, Kyle okay. Pitts, you find a way to make him work. Okay, so you find to make him work. You tell Hayden Hurst to have a seat, and now he's pissed. No, you don't tell him to have a seat. No, I, I mean if you if you're Arthur Smith, if you're the head coach, if you're this offensive minded guy. If you bring in, put like this, for what it's worth, if you bring in another wide receiver, we got Kyle Ridley, I mean, Calvin Ridley, and we got Julio Jones. Hopefully, Julio Jones can stay healthy for a couple more years. But I mean, if you bring in another wide receiver, you find a way to make this work. You find a way to make it work with Kyle Pitts. You find a way to make it work with Jamar Chase. You have to find a way to make it work with a skilled position player. So kick it back to you, Banks. You're talking about Panay, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to bash your guy. I'm not trying to beat up on Panay. So well, I just want you to tell me what kind of an impact does it make to this team if we take him, and and, and how big of it? How big will it be? It will keep Matt Ryan upright, and we'll have holes on that side to run the ball. Is that better? Because okay. guess what, okay. we couldn't do that last year. Let's let's keep okay. that. Let's keep it a buck. We couldn't keep Matt Ryan upright. We couldn't run the ball. Could we not? No, Jericho, we I mean, I mean, help me out, brother. Hey. I mean, I'm looking at the offensive line on roller skates, bro, getting pushed backwards. What's, hey, most, what's most, the problem? Most of the time, if you can't run the ball, it's because of that A-gap situation. You know what I'm saying? If you don't have a speedster that can get on the outside, then it ain't going to matter if you got Swell out there at a tackle spot. Most of the yards that you're going to get is going to be in between the tackles, not outside of the tackle. So I don't know if you're going to have him smashing down or pulling, which I've never seen a tackle pull too many times. So I don't know what you're going to do in that situation. Well, I mean, well, you know, not going too far off into just like philosophy, but, you know, you got to remember, man, the Falcons are still trying to find an identity offensively because, like, you know, we've we've been – a zone blocking team for so long when it comes to the run and we all know that it takes a specific type of lineman to to play in a in a zone blocking scheme right 
So are we going away from zone blocking? Are we going to go to a straight more power blocking type situation, hat on hat? I mean, we don't know. We don't know what Arthur, Arthur Smith's situation is and how he wants to run this offense. I mean, all we can do is speculate off of what he did in Tennessee. Um, so, you know, we'll we just have to wait and see. But look, we're coming up against the mark, guys. I mean, we can talk about this all day, and obviously we're going to definitely come. <laughs> We're definitely going to come back and talk about this a little more as the draft gets closer and closer. Uh, just a couple of things just to let everybody know. So we, when we did the last podcast, we talked about a little bit, uh, you know, we talked about quarterbacks, but there's been a lot of movement in the draft order. Obviously, the San Francisco 49ers jumped up to number three. Banks is just really, really, you know, stressed out about the 49ers and what they're going to do at number three. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, there's a potential for it to go one, two, three, four quarterback, but we, we just don't know. And there's a potential for it to be some more movement before the draft and on draft night. So we're just speculating. We're talking about what we're talking about. Obviously, man, if you hadn't looked up Kyle Pitts, go and Google his pro day, go and look at his highlights and also Panay Sewell. Go take a look at him. Uh, Derrico, what's up? Before we get out of here, what you got? So you did ask this question, and since we didn't get the chance to answer it, I want you to answer it. Who do you think has the most pressure in the top five of this draft? Yeah, I know, right? We didn't get it. So I didn't get to it. So very, very quickly, I answer this question. The most pressure, in my opinion, and I I, I said this, and I'm going to keep saying this, is it's got to be the New York Jets, obviously. It's got to be the New York Jets. They have sucked and sucked <laughs> and sucked for so long that, you know, the new new GM, I think they got a new GM. And I know they got a new, new head coach with Robert Salah. Yeah. I want to say they got a new GM. So a uh, they gotta get this right, man. Like you, it's we talk about how hard it is to be a Atlanta Falcons fan, man. But damn, you gotta get this right. You know, we talking about them possibly taking a, a quarterback. You just took a, a high quarterback, a high first round quarterback in Sam Darnold. He's very, very young there. So I think the most the pre, in the top five right now, the, the pressure is on for the Jag. I mean, Jaguars. Damn, you didn't have no expectations to begin with, right? Um, the 49ers just jumped up there with Kyle Shanahan. They weren't really a bad team, so there's no nothing there with them. So uh, the Jet, obviously, it's the Jets. Really quickly, Banks, do you feel the same way or do you feel otherwise? I do. I do feel like it's the Jets, but also I feel like Jets that number two pick is a very pivotal position in the draft because if they pick any who any player they pick, it can change the whole complexion of the draft if they go quarterback it changes everyone's philosophy if they go wide Tackle. receiver i mean it don't if they go whatever they pick it's gonna it's gonna determine what we do it's gonna determine what everybody behind us do because i'm telling you right now if the jets pick anybody but zach wilson it's going to be chaos on draft day you heard it here Did- first Derrico, 30 seconds. How do you feel? San Francisco. They jumped up that many spots. They already know who they want. But they jumped up. They got the pressure because if that dude that they pick don't pan out, it's going to be a problem. Hey, we have to wait and see. So, look, man, we'll have to definitely come back, man, and and pick up on these topics. Um, as always, guys, it's been a pleasure. We, we've come to the mark here of the Leo G show, man, and, and it's always a pleasure. So, look, Banks, I'm going to kick it to you, man. Tell these people where they can find you, man, and tell everybody what you got going on. 
Well, right now, like I said, slow motion with me, bro. Um, you can find me at babybanks80 at Twitter and at the Graham and also Antoine Jarrell Banks on Facebook. All right, that's what's up, man. So I'm going to kick it over to Derek o, man. You tell me what you got going on and tell these people how they can get at you, brother. Hey, I'm just trying to live like y'all, brother. So I appreciate y'all once again. I thank y'all. You can hit me on Instagram at Derrico underscore Virgo. You can hit me on the Twitter at VSU96SDD. And if you can find me on Facebook, it's Stacy D. Derrico. That's what's up, man. And as always, you can hit us up on the show on Twitter. That's at the Leo G Show, the number one. That's at the Leo G Show, the number one. Also, we got a Facebook page. You can like and follow us there on Facebook, man. And always, you can hit me up on uh, my uh, personal Twitter account. That's at Southern Set. That's at Southern Set with two T's. You know, you can get at us there, man. Look, we continue to do this, man, because this is what we do. Sports is what we do, and we'll continue to... uh, to, to do it man and we appreciate everybody subscribing and liking the the, uh, the youtube page get a chance to see us and, and what we do and and us all rocking the the braves gear you know what i'm saying we're gonna kick it we're gonna always rock with the home team no doubt man so look this has been another edition of the league and once again before we go out man on the outro man shout out to miyagi beats man for hooking us up with the with the new beat for the for the show um it's always a pleasure guys i thank you uh shout out to my oh wait before we go to a uh, shout out to my man, Jay, I know he ain't been on in a while, but I'm still around with Jay. You know what I'm saying? For sure. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to him. Uh, if you want to know what Jay's doing right now, man, check him out at uh, jjonescomedy.com and I was also check him out over there on frown town. Also check out my man, CJ. He's doing the CJ happy hour, uh, sipping and tripping over there. Uh, really good podcast. Cool brother over there doing this thing, man. He's been promoing the Leo G show. So shouts out to him, man. And uh, like I said, I want to shout out Miyagi beats, but hitting us up the new thing. I think it's a hit, right, Derek O. Banks? Y'all like the new thing? Yes, sir. Wax Bye, on, wax Bye, off. Bye, bro. Bye. Miyagi Beats, man. We're going to be out, man. This is another edition of the Leo G Show. Bye.